And so this is what Jesus is saying. Get ready. It's going to be wolves out there for those of you. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. In a text with sound bites like this, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. I am sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves, and I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions. There are plenty of things to cover and many ways to preach this week's lectionary text. But our guest, Dr. Chris Krogan, highlights the through line in this week's passage that Jesus tells us to plagiarize his word, a word that delivers God's promise that God has authored you and gave you an identity, a new life in the forgiveness of sins. Let's get to this week's conversation. Here's Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 20. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide. For the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a house and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you, cure the sick who are there, and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, The kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, on that day, it will be more tolerable for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Cherizen! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the deeds of power done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But at the judgment, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? No, you will be brought down to Hades. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me, and whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning, See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And now on to this week's conversation.
Welcome back to Scripture First. We have Dr. Chris Krogan with us this week. Thanks for being here, Dr. Krogan. It's a pleasure. We're in the 10th chapter of Luke, uh, Dr. Krogan. We were talking before uh, this podcast about the text, how it's uh, one narrative, and yet there's sort of different angles, different jumping off points, lots of things that you could preach on. Right. Um, you, and, could have, you could write 10 different sermons on this one, <laughs> yeah. one lectionary text. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in here. Yeah. So we'll go through it slow and obviously we won't go through everything because we can't. Right. Um, but that this is, I think this is a hard text. Some texts are hard because there's not a lot there. This text is hard because there's just so much. Yeah. There's so much in trying to figure out how it functions and what do we do? Because there's a lot of sound bites in here that if you just use them as sound bites, they're actually going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of look at the whole text. And just even that, just to start up to a lead into the text, it's actually helpful to just kind of know what was happening prior to this. This is right after Jesus, um, the transfiguration, Jesus sets his face toward Jerusalem. And he had already um, sent the 12 out prior to that. And he was told, knock the dust off your feet there. He told the disciples to do that. Now he's sending out, as we'll see, 72 um, others to go out. But what we see in the text leading up to this is people are offended because he's got his face set toward Jerusalem and they don't like it. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the themes that you can see here is people are offended mm-hmm. by Christ headed toward uh, doing the gospel. Mm-hmm. So. so he sends them off in pairs. And then we get this famous verse uh, in the second verse, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And so uh, the question is, what's the harvest? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, exactly. And, 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 and who are the laborers? Here, here, here's the, here's the, uh, here's the really um, opportunity to botch this is to make this verse, this soundbite into a law. Hmm. Because what the harvest is, is their, their fruits, mm-hmm. right? There's plenty of fruit out there. Why? Because the word had been sown. And so now what we want to do is send people out to, you know, just keep that word in people's ears, you know, just keep it. So the laborers are out there to join in the fruits and join in that. So it's what we want to do is, and this is a lot of times people say, this is actually the call of um, bringing more preachers and stuff like that, but it's not a call into, uh Oh, if we don't do it, things will go bad. It's a call into, Hey, let's join in what God's creating with his word and just delight in this and watch this take off. Mm -hmm. And he uh, continues uh, uh, with, if you're one of those out into the harvest. Yeah, if you're going. If, you, if you're headed yeah. to the harvest. Yeah, yeah. go on your, your way. So if you thought this harvest was going to be yep. fun, fun, he says, see, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. <laughs> yep. Oh my goodness. That's <laughs> yeah. such a You thought this was going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. It still might be fun. Thank but you it still again. might be fun. But this is an important piece because um, in the previous passages, um, the gospel of Christ puts people on edge. Yeah. And it's not received by all. And mm-hmm. this is a very important thing is um, this is what we have to recognize in our culture and in our church. And right now people are like, we're becoming a secularized culture. We're not a Christian culture. There's no more or no fewer believers in Christ than there were 50 years ago. Just maybe we don't have an institutional um, uh, proclivity to go to church, but the number of people 
come about to believe in Christ because of God's word, not because of us. And so, but, so you have to recognize that if you're going to go out and preach this gospel, it's going to get the reception that Christ got, which is some people are going to be very offended by it. And they're actually going to want to attack it because it does something to them. It undoes them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so this is what Jesus is saying. Get ready. It's going to be wolves out there for those of you. And don't plan on bringing any of your worldly items with you either. So this is exactly the next verse actually is important from verse three, because whenever you get under a test or you're under the pressure, which is what wolves will do, right? You'll want to flee to what we call your comfort zone, Mm -hmm. which is food, clothing, home, family, daily work, income. This is called our daily bread. And this is what Jesus is saying. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals. That is to say, you're going to be provided for because what we'll do is take those daily breads and make them into our God or our our comfort zone and not actually rely in faith God's going to provide. So he's like, you know, don't bring those things. You'll get provided for. Yeah. I mean, put differently, if you're a lamb surrounded by wolves, nothing you're going to do is going to be the reason you survive. Exactly. Yeah, and, and then don't have those things, mm-hmm. earthly gifts um, be the thing that you think is going to get you through. Yep. And then it kind of sounds like he's giving, telling them exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. He says, whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if anyone there shares in your peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it'll return to you. Yeah, and so again, this is we've talked about in the past, but peace comes from having a word from God that favors you. And so it's not that you are giving a nice little, hey, you know, hand, you know, greeting, you know, have, you know, like people do and, you know, peace out, you know, that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. No, no. Peace to this house, man. Yeah, no, no, it's not that. It's actually saying uh, the peace of the Lord be with you all. That is to say you're actually delivering Christ to them. That is the peace of the Lord, you know. And so when, for example, even when people turn on Sunday mornings and say, share the peace, you say Mm -hmm. Christ peace to you as opposed to good morning. Mm-hmm. You know, Shoot. Jesus isn't saying, I've been saying it wrong, tell, telling people good morning. You know, that's not what he means. It was give a greeting, but actually give them Christ and they will give it back. If they don't give it back, then that's an indication that they don't have faith in the peace that Christ gives. And that's part of what's happening that he's, he's saying here. So if, if not, it will return to you. Go ahead. He continues on, remain in the same house, eating and drinking, whatever they provide for the laborers deserve to be paid. Yep. Um, so, uh, they're not, again, like you, we've been saying, you will be provided for. Yep. You will be provided for and, um, you remain in the house. Do not move from house to house. In other words, don't go looking for the better deal. Who's, who's the better cook or anything like that. <laughs> you know, don't be looking cause that's all self-serving. Right. And so he's like, no, yeah. if somebody's providing for you, recognize this is where you need to be. If someone is being hospitable toward you. Yep. So you remain in the house, eating and drinking, um, and don't move from house to house um, because it's the temptation to go out and kind of shop around for your own self-service. But you actually are also not being monastic either and and sitting there saying, well, I'm self-sacrificing. No, when people provide, then you actually recognize this as a gift from God. And because you do, you will be uh, given what's needed from day to day. Well, and he says the same thing about a town. Yep. You know, when you enter it, people welcome you, eat what's set before you, cure the sick who are there, say to them that the kingdom of God has come near to you. Mm-hmm. And then this is where it kind of 
twists a little bit is when he says, but whenever you enter a town that they do not welcome you in, it says, go out into the streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to your feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yep. And so um, part of that thing with the cure of the sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Um, you have the only person that has the authority to cure and make better is God. Mm-hmm. And so when you speak, that is to say, you plagiarize God's, Christ's words, there's an authority that comes there. And so this is what's going on, which is why the kingdom of God is at hand, because God is at hand through this authority that you spoke. You didn't speak it on your own terms. You spoke it. So that's why then you know that if you've plagiarized Jesus and they don't accept it, then they've actually are under a curse. And uh, you have this ritual act. This is a ritual act um, that happened. Um, the 12 disciples were told to do this in chapter 9 uh, when he sent them out. And it's done if someone rejects the gospel. Now, here's the interesting thing about rejecting the gospel is it's not a decision. Um, it's not like rejecting the law, picking or choosing your battles kind of thing. Um, because Jesus is... Um, doing something with the gospel. And what happens, and this is why what we're going to do is go into some of the next verses, there is an event that happens in the conscience when the gospel is rejected. And so we'll talk about that here next. So uh, we're in verse 12, right? The Yeah, so there, there's a section here. That, yeah, that we so are, the lectionary text is verses 1 through 11 and 16 through 20. Yep. They've omitted verses 12 through 15. Yeah. They Why? being the, the lectionary. The, the lectionary, lectionary the writer. <laughs> they, Not the Bible. Yep. The Bible didn't omit this. No. So I guess, and so we're, we're going to talk about it. And maybe just before we talk about it, Dr. Krogan, you can just say, why 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 would we talk about this? And why might this be a, a, a decent thing to still include within? Yeah, uh, I, I recommend that you not break it up, but you just go ahead and, and read 12 through 15 because it actually speaks to why it is that you're dust, um, shaking the dust off your feet um, to give a sign to what's happened to this town, but also why verse 16 lands even more um, poignantly in the ear because it's about whoever listens and you listen. So let's go through this 12 um, because I tell you on that day, it'll be more tolerable for Sodom than for that town. Now, this is, he's referencing Sodom and Gomorrah, where you all know hail and fire. It will be, it, that would be a good day <laughs> than if you reject the gospel. Now, why is that? Again, we're not making this rejection of the gospel as something that actually you've decided to do, and now you're going to really get God's wrath because, you know, you didn't decide right. No, rejecting the gospel is believing that Jesus doesn't have the power and authority to forgive your sin. Jesus doesn't have the power and authority to raise you from the dead because of that sin. This is actually hell because now you have to make up for your sin and your mistakes the rest of your life, Mm -hmm. which is why Sodom and Gomorrah are better off than you sitting there trying every day to make up for the consequences of your sin. Mm-hmm. chasing your conscience just continues to burden you. And so this is what's going on, which is why, whoa, the very in verse 13, it's whoa. A lot of people think, whoa, meaning angry. No, whoa is actually have pity on these people. Yeah. 
because they are literally wallowing in their regrets. And the law is just a potential and they're trying to make a difference um, for what they couldn't do. And this is, so then Chorazin, woe to you, Bethesda. That is, those are two Jewish towns in Israel that actually don't believe Christ has capacity to forgive. And this is what's going on. And then he, he goes on, if it had what these acts of miracles been done in Tyre and Sidon, which are Gentile lands, they would have repented because God's word would be like, hey. And so this is the comparison he's making, which is why it's important because these this comparison is what get, he's getting at. And then in verse 16 is whoever listens to my words of forgiveness, whoever listens to you because you're plagiarizing Jesus, listens to my words of forgiveness, mm-hmm. listens to me. And whoever rejects you, rejects me. So what they're, they're sent out, they've been ordained, so to speak, these 72 have been ordained, mm-hmm. to go out into the, to the countryside and actually give Christ's words, plagiarize Jesus, mm-hmm. give the gospel. If they don't like it, if they don't, then they are literally bound in their sin. Mm-hmm. Their sin is bound to them. And then whoever rejects me, rejects the one who sent me. Now, remember, we've talked about God's name often, and this is what happened in Israel. Paul talks about this. Not all of Israel is Israel. He says this in Romans. What he's saying there is not all the Jews believe Christ is the Messiah who can forgive sins and then raise the dead. This is what's going on here because they believe God's name is more related to what Moses put in the Torah than what um, Abraham says and, and is promised in Genesis, mercy. And so it's God's name is Hesed, not law. And this is the big difference. Mm-hmm. So that's why you, re- you reject the father whose heart is mercy mm-hmm. for a father whose heart would be law. Mm-hmm. This is, I mean, this is also to say Christ speaks yeah. in the gospel, like, to you, whoever listens to you listens to me. That yeah, there is. <laughs> yeah, it's not as if he's off somewhere else doing something else. He's he's there. He's, yeah, there. he's there. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's present, ever present in his being plagiarized. Yeah, yeah. But that's why it's really important. Again, you always always hear us continue to emphasize: don't stray away from the text. Why? Because you literally will end up putting them like Capernaum. Will you be exalted in heaven? No, you will be brought down into Hades mm-hmm. if you don't plagiarize the text. Mm-hmm. You're leaving people in Hades, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. which is terrifying. It's it's damning. Yeah, yeah. And then sixteen continues. It starts back up again. Yeah, which we just did. Seventeen. Yep, 17. Oh, sorry, seventeen. Yep. So it says the seventy returned with joy, saying, "Lord, in your name, even the demons submit to us." Yes. In other words, we pl- we did what you said, which is plagiarize you, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, demons. Even the demons submit to us. Now, remember, the demonic is the one who tries to get rid of faith by asking questions mm-hmm. and attacks faith. How, why is it that the demons would submit? Because Christ actually gives a promise to make faith, mm-hmm. and Christ's promise defeats unbelief. Mm-hmm. So this is why. And they're, but they're amazed. Like, we plagiarized you, and all of a sudden, the devil has no sway here anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, and Jesus says it so plainly here mm-hmm. too. He says, "I watch Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning." Right, it, it, and it, yeah, all of a sudden, he, like, 
Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, but this <laughs> is what's cool. happened, is when preachers get out into the world, Satan is put back into hell. He has, his, his kingdom is being taken over here. He, he has no more footprint. So this is why it's so important to go out into the harvest is to actually take back this territory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Christ continues on, see, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing will hurt you. Right. So this is often, um, you'll, you'll hear about people that are snake handlers down south or they'll, they'll take something like this and make it prescriptive. Sure. And they'll want to prove, you know, that I have really have faith and stuff. And so that's not what this is, but because authority isn't given through proof, authority is given through hearing. Mm-hmm. Now, why do I say that? Octoritas is a Latin word for authority that is authoring you, okay? And so the word authors you, it gives you an identity. And when you have the identity that God has your back, that you are God's child, that you are baptized, that you will be forgiven and raised from the dead, you're not worried about snakes, scorpions, or the devil, because they have no power over you. You have God, and this is what's going on then. But I have given you authority that is say, I authored you. I authored the words that are coming out of your mouth. And so nothing can, this is why Paul says so boldly in Romans 10. And I, this is, you know, one of the strongest and most beautiful verses you can find in the whole Bible in Romans 10, that uh, neither for I am persecuted, neither life nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this is exactly what's being said in 19. You've been authored and nothing's going to take that away from you. And then it finishes up and he says, nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Yep. So it's easy for us all to turn, and this is kind of what the snake handlers do and stuff like that, is they think, oh, look at the power I have now. This is the confirmation. Yep. And, and so, so he's like, no, 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 it's not that the spirits submit to you. That's not where the glory is. The glory is that you, not a hair on your head will be harmed. But now this is important. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. You aren't responsible for doing the writing. That is to say, rejoice that Christ actually called you my own and that your name now, and, and God cannot lie about this. And so that's the beauty of this last clause here. Your name is written in heaven. You weren't responsible for it. You were given the authority that is God authored you, spoke your name in the womb, knew you before you were born, baptized you, and now you are off into heaven. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Dr. Chris Krogan for teaching us that when Jesus gave us the authority over all the power of the enemy, that authority is God's word authoring you. God authored you and the words coming out of your mouth as you plagiarized Jesus. He gave you an identity that you are forgiven and your name is written in heaven. Amen to that. 
Luther House of Studies' mission is to strengthen Lutheran leadership and ministries for the proclamation of the gospel. We wouldn't be able to serve current and future ministry professionals, as well as members of the church, without the generous support of people just like you. If you or your congregation is interested in sponsoring an episode of Scripture First, please send our co-director, Sarah Stenson, an email at sarah.stenson at lutherhouseofstudy.org. That's sarah.stenson at lutherhouseofstudy.org. You can find our email in the show notes or find more information about supporting Luther House of Study at lutherhouseofstudy.org. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, your name is written in heaven. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.